Hey, folks. Hey, hey, folks. My dad is revved up because of this intro. I'm excited. This intro, it revs him up. Gets me emotionally erect. We do not need to play this when, when we record it. We can just go in and just do it. But this guy needs to get revved up and actually play the song. You goddamn skippy, I do. Thank you, Steve Rowe, for revving my dad up. Yep. In the I beginning of this episode. Ready to go, man. Whoa. Ready to rock. Whoa, that was violent. Um, <laughs> episode... <laughs> wait, is this is this episode 62? This uh, might be 63. Um... Chris? I don't know. Oh, Max keeps stacking the numbers. It's in the 60s. I just well, date everything. Are we doing, are we doing Selma? <laughs> are we doing Selma next week? <laughs> no, we already did Selma, didn't you? No, no, no we, we haven't run Selma yet. Okay, right. okay, okay. So this um, would be 63 then? Yeah. Yeah. I think 63. Shit, dude, this is going to be dumb if it's not 63. It's well, okay. Wait a second. Dumb, you, you is, not, dumb is not foreign to the Max and Tony show, <laughs> you know? It's true. It's not like there isn't a small thread of dumb running through the fucker. You this know? is either 61, 62, or 63. Yeah, exactly. We're safe. How about that? Okay. Yeah, figure that you out know? post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I never was good at my numbers. Yeah. So we got to, we got to, this is a special episode. Despite us not knowing the number of it, uh, we have a top five Christmas list. But yes, we uh, we're, do. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple things before um, before we get into that. Absolutely, into sir. that list. Um, yeah. So I want to start with the Bulls. We haven't talked about the Bulls in a long time. <laughs> you got and anything really great to say about them? So one, kind of boiling. It looks like boiling shit in so, the bed. Well, so yeah. Far. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We didn't even talk about how Fred Hoiberg got fired, which I've been wishing which upon I'm this very podcast happy about, for a long by time. The way. And you know what is so weird? Hmm. I was actually bummed out that that happened. Why? You want because a first-round pick. That's I, want, it. I thought Boylan... Okay, so here's the thing. I thought Boylan was going to be pretty good, so I was like, oh, he's going to win us more games, and now we're going to get out of that chance to get Zion or RJ from Duke. And... um Sure enough. Jim Boylan, Boylan has picked Boylan up is the just tradition of being <laughs> shitty. Yeah. I was at the game... I was at the game where they lost by 56 points. <laughs> Fuck. The biggest loss that the Bulls have ever suffered. I was at the game. I've seen a lot of historical games. I've seen Derrick Rose raise his Rookie of the Year trophy. I've seen him raise mm-hmm. his MVP trophy. I've seen him drop his career high before he dropped the 50 this year. I sat his on 44 the 44-point game. I, I saw that. I sat on the floor and watched Michael Jordan throw six three-pointers in one game. And score over fifty points okay. against the Portland Trailblazers because Clyde the Glide Drexler talked shit about so, the day before. Some historical games. I saw the triple overtime game against Boston. Okay. Historical games. I saw that. I'm actually proud. What'd you do uh watching the Bulls uh I'm a true fan. Watching the Bulls get cornholed to the tune of fifty six points. It started with seventeen zero, and I was like I stopped, and uh, we were with uh, our buddy Damiano, yeah. uh, who, who was uh, in Chicago. The only NBA game he's ever seen the in his only, life. The first NBA game this guy goes to, he goes to the worst Bulls 
yeah. game in history. I was like, this is yeah. awesome. And so it was 17-0, and then I had to stop. He's and, wearing all this bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, yeah. He's got the foam finger and, and everything. Finger and, shit. and he wouldn't stop cheering him, even though when they were clearly getting blown out. He's like, nah, no, no, come on. And we're like, dude, it's it's over. It's over. It's like, and everyone's getting pissed because they Boston don't. just stomped a mud hole in their ass, man. Yeah. Well, when it was 17-0, I had to stop and think. I was like, I don't think I've ever been to a game where it's just like, it's gone 17-0. And then I'm like thinking, I go, no, I haven't. And this is uh, like, this game, is how Chicago the crowd was. during the Jordan era when the Lakers went up 17-0 and then the Bulls came back and beat their ass. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, again, you get that little Jordan era to yourself. I just had a little glimpse of it. But... Um, that threw me off track. Uh, but uh, blah, 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 blah. what was I talking about before that? Before I you mentioned you the your, Bulls are your Jordan days, uh, Damiano with all his Bulls uh, stuff. Yeah, and... no, no, no. Oh, okay. So the crowd was so funny. Um, when Jabari Parker got fouled, he hit the first free throw, and it's seventeen one, and uh, the whole crowd erupted in this like sarcastic <laughs> cheer, like yeah. <laughs> It was we awesome. got him right where we so want him. Cool. But yeah, but I was at that game, uh, not proud. You well, stayed I, for the whole but, game. But, you stayed but for the proud. whole game, right? Yeah, not proud that it was my team, but I was proud I was there. Um, yeah, I was behind uh, the guys doing the post game thing. Yeah, I was one of the guy. I was one of the idiots behind them, going like, "Hey, hey." <laughs> Um, Were you doing this? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't doing Wait, that. Wait, what was he doing? We can't see that. Yeah, we can't see that, but it's okay. <laughs> no, I was not doing that. Um, put your clothes back on. I wasn't doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. But, yeah, the you know, guys behind the announcers I think, sometimes I think we're still, are really funny. I think we're still... So Jim Boylan is, is an asshole, apparently. He's <laughs> trying to get these guys really? to do wind sprints and military push-ups. Yeah. Right after the game, I right? Just, or, I mean, or the I next know. day he, yeah. he, he like decided to go all it's apparently, Arlie Ermey on him. It's apparently you know? a very outdated way to coach the game today, I guess. And uh, But I don't know. These guys suck, so I, I, I can't tell if they do need it or not. So it's it's so weird to tell. Well, but, they, um, didn't, they didn't want to practice the next day. Yeah. They were pissed off that he wanted them to come in and practice. And it's like... I get that. It's like, hey, you guys got stomped, you know, uh, mm-hmm. by fifty six points. Time for you to get in better shape, and maybe they're not in, they're not in good enough shape. Yeah. I mean, you know, another thing is, you know, you and I were surmising before they canned Hoiberg that perhaps Boylan was the guy who could motivate them. Well, evidently, uh, not the case. Maybe they need some new blood. Need some new blood. Some new blood. But uh, yeah, you know, well, we need a number one pick. That's that's what we you know, need. You know, we watched a game the other night where James Harden scored fifty points. The guy from Houston. Yeah, he's an astonishing player. I wouldn't mind seeing Houston win it. You know, I mean, they're not doing well though. They were no, doing very I mean, well last year, and now they, they lost key pieces, and they can't get back to where. Well, you know, they, still, they still got another couple months to, you know, try and write it, you know. Yeah, they've been doing a lot better without Carmelo after they got rid of him. You know, Carmelo. Who's not on a team right now, which is good. really weird. Good, good. See ya. 
It's about time he just goes away. Carmelo's good, never good. brought See, anything. Carmelo, but, Carmelo never did it. Carmelo's never brought anything but dissension to any team he was ever on because it's all about Carmelo. Possibly. Not a fan, you know? I, I don't I I just, I, I he was one of the best players in the game. Yeah, it's really weird to watch him just like can't gel, fall off. If you can't gel with the team, how good are you? Yeah, I don't. I you know, know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of conspiracy theories going out there that he's not that bad of a teammate, and the media hates him, and that like there's a lot he's of been league with three league different guys teams. And him. you know, he went to OKC. He was in the Knicks. He was, and then Houston. I mean, he's had some chances, and yeah. it's always. You know, it's always either the Carmelo show or the, you know, the problem is in Houston is there were better players than him. There were guys who were more bonafide stars than he was, you know. I, I mean, think he knew that. How are my Warriors doing? I don't, who cares? Um, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, uh, they're good. I mean, they're oh, good. They yeah. have a big five, so, yeah, you know. No team has had that, so they'll probably around well, playoff looks like time. The if Sixers healthy. might become somebody. It looks like the Bucks could become somebody. I don't believe in the Bucks just yet. I just don't believe that you can get to the finals with just Giannis. And I don't yeah. like. And I know they. I like the Greek freak. Though, I know. Man. He's, yeah, he's, he's watching him play is like watching. He's a, amazing. A transformer destroy he's, a city. He's amazing, know? but um, I mean, I just don't. I just don't see come playoff time those pieces around him being like. No, they got to build a better team. Yeah, that's they, for well, sure. the, and that's the problem. It's like, are they going to do that through free agency? Not a lot of people want to play in Milwaukee. Or are they going to do that through? Hey, um, you're going to Milwaukee. Oh, joy. <laughs> are they going to do that through the draft, which is possible? But you're the number one seed right now, or, or number two seed. Sorry. Um, how do you? How do you? You're sell not getting a high. How do you you're not sell, getting a low pick. How do you sell Milwaukee to a young player? Hey, you're going to Milwaukee. It's like a shitty Chicago, and the good news is Chicago is only 90 miles away. I don't know. Um, they'd yeah. have to have some sort of like Marquette background, where it's like, oh, well, I played at Marquette. This makes sense because straight to or Milwaukee. UW, or you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What? Do you, how do you think the Sixers are going to fare now that they got Jimmy buckets? They're playing really well. Yeah. Apparently, Embiid's like got a little love suffering for them, you from know? it, but you have to sacrifice to. To win games, so I I I think they're a really interesting team. I want to see them in the playoffs, and uh, I think you should be coach of the Bulls. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do. You you know how do you, how do you coach in the NBA today? How do you tell uh, people who are making like a hundred million damn or near that how to do their job? Um, I think. What you have to do is take a more collaborative uh, attitude that, well, you know, we're all, we're all part of one team. I think now let's you— Let's help each other do our job. You have to come in you know, with— you have to I don't come think in you can talk respect. down to guys anymore. Absolutely. Like, you, you have know. to have a background of respect. Like, people have to respect your resume, I Do think. what Phil Jackson did, man. I mean, Phil was like Phil Zen. Jackson. Phil was like Zen. Phil and Jackson he was, was uh, awesome. Yeah, and he was—he was—he was, uh, never— you know, landed on guys gratuitously, or they, yeah. I always hated coaches like in the, in the NFL. It was like like Mike Ditka. He's always screaming and yelling his head off. It's like fuck yeah. you. you well, know? the thing I loved about Phil Jackson, That's what I hated I about read coaches. From period. They his, were, yeah, we're sorry. I, I I'm just gonna interrupt here. Uh, the thing I love about Phil Jackson, and the thing I love um, 
about like his book Eleven Rings and then like Sam Smith's book uh, The and Jordan Sacred Rules. Hoops. That was a good book. They basically said he was coaching in Puerto Rico and he had like this hippie long beard, long hair, and I think Reinsdorf or someone at the time was like. Hey, uh, we want to talk to you about like a coaching job, and then like like this was like in the mid '80s. I think they looked at him, and they're like, "Ah, oh, you're not quite ready yet." And then Phil was starting to realize. He goes, "Okay, if I want to get a head coaching job in the NBA, I need to kind of like fix my look up so I can trick people a little bit and make them feel like I'm a part of like the establishment." Mm-hmm. So he just all he did he's trimmed his beard, got a mustache, cut his hair, and all of a sudden he's assistant yeah. coach to Doug he's, Collins. He's really matured, Mister. I really, yeah. I think he's really coming really to like, his own. I really like that story. But he's yeah, really were, coming to sorry, his own, yeah, Mister. Reinsdorf. You were saying something about how you hate coaches like Ditka or something. Well, I just you know even from when I was a kid and had you know coaches in high school and shit like that, it's like. It's always this authority and, and punishment shit and love the pain. And it's like, I don't think that that model works anymore. You know what I mean? I don't think this beat your face against the wall uh, appeals to athletes now. Because athletes now, particularly in the professional levels, they got choices. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to run around the court ten times? Well, fuck you. Um I mean, a lot of these guys don't have to be told anything. They they do their work in the gym. They make sure they're in fine shape. Yeah. Uh, and it takes somebody that they respect to entreat that instinct in them. Yeah. Rather than somebody who's threatening them or, or trying to fuck with their livelihood. Um, you know, I, I never thought this, this is one of the reasons I was not crazy about Thibodeau. I always felt like uh, he worked one part of the bench way too fucking hard all the time. And I think you mean the short- starting lineup? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think I, I think he shortened some careers, you know. Um I, I mean it yeah. all, all goes back to that one yeah. injury that Derek Rose but, you know, had Derek in Rose... two thousand ten. And there's a, no fucking way he should have still been in that game. Yeah. Derek know? Rose um He's playing pretty well now under Thibodeau right now, and he's kind of found his new game. And Joakim Noah just signed with the Grizzlies, and he's he's getting minutes. That's really good how to are, see. How are his feet? Is he is he okay? Yeah, I think he's good. Yeah. I think he's good. I, by the way, I he's, love those guys. He, he said something about how he just was like partying too much in New York, and yeah. I think that got the best of him. He goes, <laughs> I partied. In, he goes, I partied in Chicago too, but I was young. It was just yeah. like, that's pretty funny, but. Well, I mean, where's the Grizzlies? Memphis? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can party too hard in Memphis, too, man. I mean, you can party too hard anywhere. Yeah, yeah. but I think, but you know what? Memphis uh, has a really good reputation for, like, reviving guys' careers, specifically guys mm-hmm. who are into party, like Zach Randolph. Yeah. Had a wonderful career in Memphis and really revived himself, really uh, redid his image there. So they have a good reputation for that. And Noah's currently doing that, so here's hoping. I, hope he, I love man, you, I hope he, Noah, Yeah, I you hope know. he can get more years out of him. Um, and I love who the was, guy, who the guy is in the community yeah. that he that he's engaged yeah. the the larger community in every city yeah. he's gone well, to. I, I mean, if three jerseys aren't retired by the end of my life, uh, which are Derrick Rose, Noah, and and Dennis Rodman, I'll just be really upset. They haven't. Retired Dennis Rodman's number yet? I think they just should. 
Absolutely. I think they just should. He was maybe the greatest rebounder in the history of the uh, NBA. It's like 91. It's like, who's going to wear that number again? Yeah. No No one. It's just like, retire it. Just retire it. It's like, like the retiring of the jerseys are so subjective. It's like, I think you got to view it as like, were they a significant part in Bulls history? Yeah, absolutely. I even think the small numbers guys, like if right. they if they played their role and they and they Steve had Steve Kerr, man. And when he played for the Bulls. Yeah. I I don't know if Steve Kerr's jersey should be retired, but uh, but, I, I, but I wouldn't Dude, that, that guy's got a lot of rings. Yeah, yeah. you know it. You know. But he yeah, he has Paxson, three with John the Bulls. Paxson, you know, I mean Pax played on a lot of championship teams with the Bulls. I wouldn't I'm surprised Paxson himself hasn't retired his own. Yeah. Pretty soon we're going to be yeah. retiring Will Purdue's jersey. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, exactly. It's... Now, I think Dennis Dennis definitely deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. Fucking A. Right, yeah. he does. Yeah. And so does Derek. Derek. I mean, don't you, I think Chris, no, don't you think that that Dennis Rodman was maybe the greatest rebounder in the history yeah, of the NBA? Uh, he, it's he, either him, Gail Goodrich, or Elgin Baylor. Man, he was a like Bill Russell. Yeah. When he was playing in Detroit. You know, he was all Total that gangster man. Oh, oh he's God. amazing. Him yeah. and Mahorn, I fucking hated them then. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. They, he's. I like that team. Well, at any time you want to, they were stone badasses, man. Yeah, but anytime you want to attract attention, like they, it's like something I'm sure the Bulls have in their back pocket. Oh, when we really need to like get a lot of asses in the seat, that's the de- night they're gonna. Dennis, dye them. your hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you, know. you wear a dress, sir? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what I love I about Rodman is that he introduced an element of performance art into the NBA, which is the oh most God, stodgy, yeah. conservative group of assholes in the world. Yeah. Well, know? he showed you could just completely dominate uh, just just being perfect on, on like, with two two things, defense and rebounding. Yep. Yeah. And he could shoot. Yep. He, yeah. He, there's footage shoot. of him shooting, like, three-pointers. He had a wicked-ass hook, wicked hook yeah, shot, man. And, and I mean, Dennis was... Amazing little putbacks. Yeah. Like, oh, man. He, yeah, so he, put he was, also was not afraid of anyone. Yeah. He'd run into the paint. He didn't give a fuck who you were. He also, you know? he also passed up the ball, like, in right yeah. spot. He was, like, a perfect piece for, like, the triangle, I think Phil always talked about. Um, you know, you also got to really credit Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen because they had to talk to each other. You know, this guy's a wild card. Yeah, let's embrace absolutely who he is. I heard, and, I heard Jordan was like, "Okay, yeah, let's do it," and Pippen was like, "I don't know," but like Jordan yeah. was like, uh, "Yeah, let's get yeah. him." Jordan, <laughs> yeah. Jordan just, played against to him win. enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, how many how many times did uh, you know Jordan you know throw up the ball and only to have the Pistons Dennis Rodman come up with the rebound? And, oh, there's you know. this. Oh, there's this great uh, little stock footage that I always see of Rodman defending him, and he just swats his ball against the glass. Like you know the mm-hmm. backboard, and he just goes to the floor with him, and I'm just like, wow, dude, Jordan yeah. was like really getting nailed, and oh, Jordan I, was a marked man in the fucking paint. Yeah, you know? I mean, till, but till, he was still going every time. Absolutely, I mean, and and he had some significant guys defending him. He had he had uh, Jan, uh, Charles Oakley and then uh, Bill Cartwright. Yeah, and Bill Cartwright. You know, had the sharpest elbows in the NBA. I mean, and you could not run yeah. around that big ass. Sam you could Smith not fucking run around. Sam, Bill Cartwright's huge ass. In the Jordan rules, he talks about the like him elbowing people, and like he's convinced that it wasn't on purpose. He thinks that like Bill Cart like was just naturally 
his elbows were in the place of where those guys' faces were, and he was yeah. just naturally like a clumsy guy. And yeah. he didn't he didn't even yeah, nothing clumsy about <laughs> right I, well, I I mean, I don't know. It's it's so I loved his voice too. Yeah, we had a great game tonight. Yeah, about the ten guys in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you talk about this and it makes us lament all the more of the current state of the Bulls. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. Uh, and Boylan, you know, I don't wish him anything bad, but I hope he can find a way to communicate with his players. Yeah. I I wish we I <laughs> hope this I hope we just keep losing games and we get a top pick. I'm sorry, like I know this doesn't sound like a really nice thing for a for a fan such as myself to say, but Honestly, there is no besides potentially Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr. There are no game changers on this team yet. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And we have the pieces set around for a game changer to come in and 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 get this team going. Mm-hmm. But we need him. I mean, we don't yeah. have him yet. And it's, agreed. It's in the draft, and we need to get a good draft pick. And that's all I'm gonna say. And I know that sounds shallow. I know that no, sounds I agree with you. I also defeatist or whatever. No, but I just I, you're I'm, a fan. Like I'm, th- I'm thinking of the draft. Yeah, you're a fan. You yeah. can't help but be uh, uh, have optimism triumph over reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some news. Uh, I read one of my short stories at a gathering last night, and I've got about seven or eight, and I've decided. It's time to uh, finish a collection of short stories. So I'm, you know, cool. next year I'm going to finish them, you know, and uh, the book will be out in 2020. You know, so this is the book that's, that's. This is short stories. This, this is an absinthe bird. No, this is not. The absinthe birds will be out in May. But this one tentatively is titled The Bull of Rush Street. And, okay. Uh, Just 2000. 20. Yeah, 2020. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I, I, you know, I haven't read in front of an audience in a really long time. And last night, uh, you know, it was an audience of friends, but I still read it. I was nervous. You know, I was a little bit. and uh, But I read the story and it's like, fuck, the story's good. I'm going to record it for, for a podcast that will run sometime over in the next month over the holidays. Cool. You know? Cool. But uh yeah, I just I just thought I'd drop that in because it's something I've been spending a little more time with and you know, I'm enjoying it. And uh, you know, uh we had a couple of shows open up at the Dime and at Adventureland. The great Tom Bactell, uh who we will get in here for a podcast mm-hmm. uh eventually. It'd be cool. Yeah, who who you know uh Drew and still draws for the New Yorker for years did the talk of the town column and now um, and he's he's kind of drawn for everybody I mean I've been looking at his work for the last 30 years mm-hmm. and I'm such a fan yeah he's um, he's got a great show and he's a great guy and, and wow what just, a crowd he brought out yeah it was just know? such a it was just such a turnout and the same night my show opened and uh, it was a marvelous night and thank you to all of you who came we You're had, welcome. Uh, just a terrific <laughs> time. Yeah, it was. It was cool. It was a yeah. lot, of, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, should we get into the top? Your top five, five Christmas, Christmas movies. movies. And Do you tell, have your top five? Oh yeah, I got them. You got it. Yeah. Okay, what's five? Die Hard. It isn't Christmas okay, for me. Die Hard's on my list too. So yeah. I guess five for me is Die Hard. Yeah, 
it isn't Christmas for me until I see Han Gruber's fucking ass tossed off the Nakatomi Tower. Yeah, Die Hard. Um, there's a lot of... Um, who, who says you can't of, blow up shit on Christmas? There's a lot of idiotic, um, like, debate about, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Fuck yeah. Well, it takes place on Christmas. fucking Christmas. So, <laughs> Thank you. there you go. Uh, end of story. Max and Tony Law. So, Die Hard is a fucking Christmas movie. The argument movie. is, well, no, you don't have to just watch it on Christmas. It's like, yeah, we know, dude, but it's still... But we do anyway. A Christmas movie. Yeah. Dude. It's like, you don't have to... Yeah. Well, you know, I would make whatever. an argument for Die Hard 2 being a Christmas movie, too. It's yeah, that's like, on Christmas, yeah. too. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it is. It In is. fact, that's my number four. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, my number four is this could be a Christmas movie mixed with a New Year's movie, but it's number four, Trading Places. Oh, Ooh. I love Trading Places. So good. Come so on. Good. So good. Classic. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Winthorpe. Oh. And I, I'm going to be the pig here and just say that Jamie Lee oh Curtis. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Complete perfection in that film. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Whew, yeah. buddy. I can think of a couple of reasons to just watch that movie <laughs> All over right. and over and over again. It's the old horn dog show. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say anything. JK. I picked it up. I'm JK. Um, well, no, no. But, yeah, Trading uh, Places, absolutely. It's a stone part of the canon. It's a Christmas, New Year's movie. Uh, yeah. Eddie Murphy at his peak. Dan yeah. Aykroyd at his peak. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? Great performances by Don Amiche and Ralph Bellamy as the two old farts. Uh, no, yeah. Them, who's the guy? Who's the fucking guy? He's like, no more cockamimis, get cigar smoke. Paul, and, the late, great Paul Gleason. Yeah. He, he was so awesome. And that lady's waiting for the telephone booth. He looks at her and goes, Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Missy. Yeah. Missy Strudel or whatever the fuck your name is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I love when uh, Al Franken's Dan good in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Dan, and Jim Belushi. Is, yeah. Belushi's oh, yeah. good yeah. in it. Yeah. And uh, the holiday, the New Year's I, Eve train ride. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. when Aykroyd's coming out with the black eye and the, and the, and the Mac clothing because yeah, everything was absolutely. Those men tried to have sex with <laughs> those me. Those men tried to have sex with me. <laughs> And, and then when he's explaining to Bo Diddley, this tells the time in Paris, yeah. Chicago, New York, and Stad. And uh, it's $6,000. Uh, $40. Bo Diddley goes, in Philadelphia, it's worth 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how can we forget drunk Santa? Oh yeah! Putting the roast yeah. beef in his in his jacket. Absolutely, and he's on the bus and Absolutely. he takes a bite of. Oh my he's god! He's got his That's, beard all in his mouth. Yeah, La, trading oh, places. Good, solid number four. Now, yeah, what's your number three? My number three is actually Bad Santa. Oh, that's a good one. Billy Bob Thornton. It's a really hilarious. good one. My favorite part in I Bad Santa. I was not even thinking of Bad Santa. Is when he meets the really cute girl. They get together and just fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. Fuck yeah, me, yeah, Santa. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to put that on a, one of those talking Christmas cards. You know, yeah. I want to send that out to like two thousand people. I don't. You know, I love the part 
where he's looking at the kid's report card. Yeah. And it's all F's. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he I've goes, lived that part goes, in real life. He goes, Your real name is Thurman. He's spending yeah. spent months at this a month at this kid's house. Exactly. He doesn't know his real name. We're going to get Thurman. you for Christmas. And then he looks it's not rang. The camera like kind of pans over and it's just, he goes, Your name is Thurman Merman? <laughs> yeah. Like, what kind of fucking name is that? Yeah. yeah. That was, and then, that was amazing. Uh, uh, the old lady they think is dead all the time. He's like, He's always holding a mirror under her nose. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think what I love about Bad Santa is just uh, also Bernie Mac's great in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I miss Bernie Mac. And the part where he he kicks the shit out of the bullies who are torturing the little fat kid. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I just love Bad Santa because there's just something to be said for the absolute glorification of a completely bad influence. Yeah. Amen. It's well done. Yeah. My number three. Gremlins. Yeah. Oh. I love okay. Gremlins. Yeah. Ooh, out of left so field a little there. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a perfect Christmas movie. And uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I love it. Mm. It's, it's so good. It's classic. Oh, man, the story that she tells about her father getting stuck in the fireplace. Oh, yeah. You know That's you know what's awesome. crazy? I used to watch that as a kid, and I really didn't pay attention to that scene ever. And now that I watch that now, I'm like, man, I used to just watch this scene as a kid, kind of tune out. And now I realize I was like, oh, I never cared about it. I was like, I was like that's kind of... It's dark. Yeah. yeah. I, was like, yeah. I was like, that's probably why I tuned out. I love the something. part where they're all in the movie theater. Oh, All yeah. the fucking bad gremlins. In the bar, too. The yeah. It's just struggling. They're all getting shit The movies, yeah. watching The Seven Dwarves. Yeah. Yeah, and they're laughing, no and they want to kill white. them all. Yeah. They're yeah. like, "Yeah, <laughs> with these assholes," you know. So gr- oh man, and yeah, just just like Di- the directed uh, by the great Joe Dante. Yeah, but who's who's the da- who's the dad who's a failed inve- inventor? Hoyt Axton, a uh, folk singer, actually. Got a great voice. Yeah, yeah that's what, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, he's funny. He's awesome. Um, Good pick. Yeah, I love I love Gremlins. Uh, next. Next, what is it? Your number two? My number two is uh, Home Alone. What the fuck, dude? That was my number one. Oh, oh what the fuck? You, you know? spoiled my number one. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't spoil it. I just you got did. to it sooner than you did. You did. Uh, okay, then my number two is a Christmas no, 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 story. No, 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 dude, Jesus. <laughs> okay, so we both have me? we both have Home Alone and Christmas Story in our top. Our one and thing. two, yeah. I mean, they're classic. You know, I know because every Christmas, you know, what, what okay. our listeners don't know is just how crazy queer you are for Christmas. And you have traditions. You have to watch Home Alone. Yeah. And you have to watch a Christmas story. I, I don't have to watch or, a Christmas story. Or you story. get shitty. You get really shitty. I Can have to watch Home Alone. Yeah. Gabby has to watch a Christmas story because of all the dogs, the bumpus mutts. Yeah. You know, oh when they God. come and eat the fucking turkey, she just goes nuts. Well, Christmas you know? story is so classic. I feel like we'd be typical, like, typical fools if we just started ripping off the quotes from there. Like... I love the part where it's he gets the, the lamp. Bumpus dogs, yeah. Where he gets the prize, the lamp. That's my my grand prize, my you know. Fred, it's a major award. Exactly, it's a major award. Fred Gilly, it's a major award. Everyone uh, else, I was like, oh, my it's father. a major award. My and then father. when the kid, when the kid says "fuck" in front of his father, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, oh uh, god, it's hysterical. Yeah, it's it's just like the definition but of like classic. That. 
Yeah, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, I really I really do yeah. love Christmas. The, the Home Alone, the mother in that movie. I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh, she's yeah. great. Oh yeah, she's I can't amazing. Actress's name, but oh my god, she's great. All right, Home, and the, Home uh, Alone. The their their dinner at the Chinese restaurant. Oh yeah, <laughs> where they cut the head off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. She just ah! yeah. And then Home Alone. I mean, Chicago. Yeah. Kind of. Suburb Chicago. But and, yeah. And a great performance by the late, great Roberts Blossom as a scary old dude down the street. Oh, yeah. You know? um, yeah. And the late, great John Hurd is the father. And, uh, oh, he's always The late, great John Candy. I mean, I began looking around the yeah. cast of that There's movie. There's a really lost good a lot cast of those in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot John Candy was in there. And McKellie yeah. Copen. He's a Polka King. McKellie Copen's a sharp ass kid. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he was great in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And Pesci and Daniel Stern, you know, Come just on. Yeah. the best comic goofs you've ever seen I mean, in your life. Daniel Stern, like, is he is is there anything he's better in than that role? I can't think of it. I, he's, I, think I mean, it's, yeah, no, he's oh done something God. else that was really when good. he steps on that nail. Uh, or ruthless when he gets people, he ruthless did. people, the yeah. spider on him. Or yeah. It's like, that scream, and it, yeah, and it and the crowbar his face. Like, oh yeah, my God, that is the best. Come up here and get me your horse's ass. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm I calling mean, the cops. Yeah, <laughs> and just the part where he, he's just he just torches these guys. Yeah. I mean, it borders on I like absolute abject cruelty. But God yeah, damn, I, I like how ha- yeah, I like Halloween or ah, not Halloween. I like Home Alone too, but it's in New York, so you're just like, eh. It's also got Donald fuck ass Trump in it, in the plaza scene. He does, yeah, yeah. in the plaza, yeah. Because yeah. that was always his thing. If you want to use my property, exactly. I got to be in your film. I really would have loved if the young Macaulay Culkin would have just slugged him in the fucking nuts. Well, you know, Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's why Home Alone one's better. Also, it just has more Chicago stuff, like the yeah. Chicago police. Like, yeah. oh, hi, ma'am, it's you again. Yeah. <laughs> we got hyper online. Santa Claus. <laughs> Sounds yeah. a little hyper. <laughs> and then uh, Ralph Foodie's in it, you know. Yeah, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Oh, my God. That's the, the, they made, you know, for years, I thought that movie was real. Yeah. Oh, no, no. They, they made a, a shadow black it, and white movie. And it looks just like an old movie. Absolutely. I, it looks like an old gangster movie. For years thought that was a real movie. And Merry I tried, Christmas, I was like, you filthy animal. And I always like talked to like my friends, and we were always like, yeah, I wonder what that movie is. For and, years, that was on my answering machine yeah. for the holidays. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Was, oh, God. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much. Oh, it's iconic. That's the best. That's the best part in the movie. Yeah, when he when the pizza guy's there, he's like, "Yeah, taking him, leaving on the doorstep, and get the hell out of here." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Okay," yeah. and then <laughs> Merry Christmas, fucking little little fucking Kevin McAllister gives him the shittiest tip. Yeah. He goes, "Keep the change, you filthy animal." <laughs> he's like, "Cheapskate." Uh, <laughs> the, oh my god. Well, that's our top five yeah, that Christmas is our top movies. Five Christmas and movies. Uh, hey, Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Take us out, kids. Ho, ho, ho. Cool. Thank you. Hey, guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 60-second episode. 62, 62. 
Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Drink a lot of beer. Big shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. Our vaunted home, our home in our hearth, Chris Bat. Don't forget to check out Adventureland Gallery and the Dime Showroom at 1513 Northwestern. This week showing Tom Bactell. And Tony Fitzpatrick at the Dime. Him too. Want to catch up on old episodes? Have any burning questions to ask Max or Tony? Make with the burning questions. And then go to themaxandtonyshow.com and tune in next time for our 63rd episode. 636363. Be there. Aloha. Aloha.